Hey, what's up, guys? Tim Uchuk here, and I am just taking a quick break. It is Sunday, and it is spring at the time of this recording, and so we've been doing a lot of gardening outside, moving mulch, a lot of wheelbarrow stuff. So taking a quick break, and I thought I would share with you guys a uh, an interesting look at one of our coaching calls where we talked about the topic was how to tame the chaos as you scale your business. So we're going to be getting into some specifics of looking at your processes, capturing how you do what you do, so that we can follow that, remember that pattern language of scaling. If we look to nature for inspiration, it follows the rule of how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you look at trees, you look at uh, flowers and plants. They all, uh, the pattern language, if you look at the branches, they're fractal patterns, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything. So it follows as you scale, as you start to bring on more team members, we want to be able to have the same people doing the same thing the same different way. So I'm going to be giving you some inspiration. There's going to be a video link because I am sharing my screen. Um, so some of the stuff I'll be referencing my screen. So you'll, you'll want to click the link and watch the video in the show notes here. But we're going to be talking about some inspirational uh, workflows, how to, how to capture the 30,000 foot view of some of your core processes within your team so that you guys can have that single source of truth, be on the same page and start to have a basis for improving how you do what you do, right? We can start to streamline, eliminate waste, eliminate redundancy, get everybody on the same page in terms of who does what. So I will be walking you through a couple of examples. I'm going to be sharing some strategies when it comes to creating processes so you don't get stuck. Um, so for example, we'll be talking about um, how and why you need to make the distinction between inputs and outputs in terms of how you guys do what you do. And this comes down to getting your team really clear uh, in terms of their responsibilities. Understanding inputs and outputs is gonna be really helpful. We'll talk about that. We're gonna talk about a strategy for capturing processes. Um, I call it majors and minors. So the major minor technique. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk about something called chunking, which is a, a memory strategy so that your brain can uh, can wrap its head around a lot of you know potential minutia. So chunking, it's how we can really boil things down and make them easy to understand. Um, and then we're going to get into some mindset stuff when it comes down to change management. Uh, one of the things that I see most often get in the way of business owners, leaders, and teams being able to change in a positive and sustainable way really comes down to a lot of uh, the, the culture, obviously, and, and the mindset within that culture and how they look at change, how they interpret change. So I want to talk about some specific strategies that you can use to cultivate a not just a resilient culture, but I like to think of it as as anti-fragile. If you guys have read that book, Anti-Fragile, it's uh, it's like resilience 2.0, where thing challenges actually make us stronger. So anti-fragile systems, a good example is your your muscles. We go to the gym, your muscles grow by by getting torn down, right? So challenges actually make you stronger. Literally, your your muscles are anti-fragile. So creating and cultivating a culture that is anti-fragile, meaning that whatever the world and the externalities throw your way, you guys actually use those as opportunities to get better and stronger, more efficient as a result. So we're going to talk about that, some specific strategies. Again, I will be sharing my screen. So if you want to see what I'm what I'm sharing, look at the show notes. There's going to be a link. Other than that, guys, this uh, I think this is the 100th episode. So if you're listening to this and if you've been listening for a while, um, I just want to uh, extend my my gratitude to you for following me along in this journey. When this started, uh, this podcast, believe it or not, was a way for me to capture my brain and and have a journal for our kids way down the road, like a time capsule to to hear uh, 
what their dad thought about. So that's that's where this thing started. This is the hundredth episode. So I appreciate you guys listening to what I have to say. I hope this brings you value and uh, wherever you are, hope you have a great rest of your day. And with that, let's jump in. You know, when I look around at all the entrepreneurs who are grinding it out, spending 70 to 80 hours per week growing their business, you have to ask yourself the question, at what cost? Hi, my name is Tim Uchuk, and in this podcast, we're going to be exploring the tools, tactics, and strategies for crushing it and scaling your business without making the ultimate sacrifice of your time and freedom. Uh, hopefully that was helpful. I'm not sure uh, who on the call is in hiring mode, but uh, you guys should have, I shared in the chat again, a link to this. So this is our, uh, our workflow map and this goes through the training so you can visualize it. You can see the steps on the, on the top here, the columns, the rows are the who's. Um, so you've got the supervisor candidate and then you have all the resources here and then you have the option. So this document here, mirrors this process. So it's just another way of, of looking at it. And by the way, you guys can um, use this as inspiration for your, your process creation, because this is what we're, this is a process. It's a repeatable instruction and you can see it just for inspiration. This is, this is repurposed three different ways. Way number one is a, a workflow map or diagram. Now this is something that we can actually execute on, right? This is just for getting a, a single source of truth and agreement on, on here's, here's the process. Here's the who's the what's and the when's from a high level. And we can pack in all the resources in a very like uh, efficient way, right? Right here, you can see, okay, I'm, how do I do this? Where's the resource? It's right here. Follow the line, it's right there. So that's uh, the workflow map version of this. Um, the other one is uh, a document. And so when you guys are creating for, for documents, the, the benefit with Google Docs is um, a couple things. Thing number one is they've, introduced like months ago, these uh, uh, checklists. So rather than bullets, we can use checklists. So if I go like this, creates a checklist. So that allows us, if you guys are hiring or using this, you can go file, make a copy and use this to, um, to check the boxes. We have drop downs here as well. So you can stay on top of the one of, one of four stages here. So we've got the menu on the left. Um, and then if you are using this to run it, you can also use it as a working document where we use uh, the comments where you can tag team members and you can make notes alongside as you're going through it, um, or even like an improvement ideas. So a couple different um, ideas there. From a process documentation standpoint, if you look at this for inspiration, um, just to point out, we've got on page one, we've got the title. We've got the information so that if an alien was looking at this, they would get the gist for what the process is, what we're looking at it, what we're looking at. And then a good starting point is, and we have a, uh, I'll share this with you as well. So this is a, uh, a template that we use to get really clear on what the 30,000 foot view of a process is. And we start with very like Fred Flintstone simple um, in terms of, okay, what's the title of the thing? And then what are the major milestones? Um, so if you look at like a Boeing aircraft, for example, there's, I think there's eight major milestones to build an airplane. Of course, there's a lot of um, nuance and minutia within those, but if you can chunk it into 
you know, four big steps here. And we start with, um, I'll share this with you guys. So you have it as well. Um, it's called a, a process scoping diagram. So, um, here you can see this, this blue box is the process process process. Um, and then you've got the steps that you can add in here and then the main activities within the steps. So these are the, these are the things that you do in order to satisfy this and move on hand on the baton to the next. The other thing that is useful within this type of a diagram is um, I think of these as, as inputs and outputs. So activities here and desired outcomes here. So if we're talking about hiring, for example, that first step that we we're looking at over here is identify and define new hires. So the, um, the main activities there would be create the job posting, um, update the responsibilities and, and assess what they would be actually doing, create the job description, create the job posting. Those are like the main activities and those would go here. And the outcome is if these are the inputs to create this output, like what is the, these are secondary to the main outcome. What at the end of the day do we want to accomplish? It really doesn't matter what these things are as long as it accomplishes this stuff here. So desired outcomes would be your job posting and, um, you know, uh, the responsibilities have been ironed out, right? So what are those outcomes that we want uh, to have in place in order to hand that baton onto the next? Does that make sense? Inputs and outputs, and then major um, stages. So when you, have, um, when you have this in place, it makes it so much easier to, um, to open up, you know, a document like this, because now you've got your recipe. Okay, there's four things here. And within uh, Google Docs, to create this, this makes it really helpful. Because um, essentially, these are like majors and minors. So the majors we've identified, there's four major steps. With, with a Boeing aircraft, eight major steps. So the majors, if we go ad identify and define new hires, we start with the majors. And, and what you can do with Google Docs, which is pretty nice, is um, I'm going to just go from a formatting perspective here. And I'm going to call this a heading. So when you do that on the right, on the left-hand side here, it gives us a, and I'll, I'll indent this properly because we've got the title and then we've got these indented. So I'll just go H2. So um, the very first thing I do is I just, once I have these things, I type them out immediately so that we have the 30,000. So um, post and filter. So we'll say that highlight H2. So now it's a matter of we've got the, the majors. Now we fill these with the, with the minors. So within here, you can see here, what are all the things and you create the bullets or the checklist. So here we've got update accountability chart, review needs, uh, create job description, determine prerequisites, confirm compensation. So that's the high level activities. Now the actual recipe and links to resources are right here. So notice it says review and update accountability chart. So you have a clear understanding. I like to, by the way, when, when creating instruction um, or um, when we're setting up like projects or even delegating tasks, um, these, these two magical words help to provide great context. They force you to, to tie the benefit to a statement to, to give more color to whatever it is you're describing. So whenever possible, tag on so that when you're writing things, it'll force you to think through the, what's the purpose? Because if, you, if you've got toddlers, that's the, anytime you ask them to do something, they're going to say, why? I don't know who, who else here has uh, kids under seven, but uh, um, 
we got to give them the, so that, so they can learn and understand. And, and it's no different when we're creating our processes, giving them the why. And so that forces you to do that. So review and update the accountability chart for somebody who's new reading this, they're going to ask why, what's the purpose of this? So that, um, and then we got the link here. Is that helpful? Majors, minors start with a process, uh, scoping diagram. Um, but once you have this, this is your recipe. And you can get in here and get as nuanced and granular as, as you need to get. And you have this nice high level. So people get the, the nice balance of the, okay, here's, we're really doing four things. We're chunking, right? From a, from a mental cognition standpoint, chunking allows people to wrap their heads around things better. So we chunk it. There's four chunks within. There's a lot of things, but um, what are all these things? We've chunked it further by having the main activities. So they understand the big, the big milestones and then the high level stuff here. And then, uh, and that gives us uh, a really good overview. So this is the document version. Um, hopefully that's helpful in terms of, and we have a, uh, we have a template for this in our program as well. Happy to share it if you guys want it for you guys to, to build this out, but it starts with this and then you build out the majors. Um, so we talked about the workflow diagram for, for a process. We talked about turning uh, a process into a document this way. And then the last way, if you want to actually execute this using a, a project management tool like uh, Trello or Asana or any of them, um, once you have this in place, you can create a, a workflow using, again, a, a tool like Trello or Asana. And so these actually become the stages. I'll show you how we, how we do it in Trello. These become the stages. And you can create a template which captures all of this stuff. So um, you got this makes sense here, majors and minors. Before I move on, stop me if if uh, if you want me to explain or expand. Um, and the other thing, Sean and I were talking about this right here from a mindset perspective with your team. This is one of the this is like one of the best um, mindsets. Um, things that you guys can adopt as a team and as a culture and, and you guys as coaches for your team to really manage. Cause a lot of what we're doing here, especially in this program is change management. Um, so one of the biggest probably challenges or headwinds you guys will face implementing what we're doing here is going to be tied to, I think of them as white blood cells. Everybody naturally, even if there's no malice behind it, everybody naturally hates change. And so you guys need to, and, and your leaders need to really, um, you got to reframe the change within your business through the lens of that's why I love Kaizen and continuous improvement so much because it applies to, it's a gift for, you know, us in life. If you get disappointed when, um, something doesn't go your way in life and, and think of us as, as parents, um, telling our kids just, Oh, you fell down, get up, dust yourself off. Did you learn something? Okay. Let's apply the learning and and move forward. That's what we teach our kids. So same messaging around change within your operation. When people, the expectation, and it's not because I think it's default, we just expect things to be perfect out of the gates. So when we build in the expectation, it's kind of like the scientific method that things won't be perfect. And that's okay. When we realize, when we implement this stuff, when we see that things aren't perfect, we're not going to flip out. We actually anticipated that. And so this is the, the technical term for continuous improvement through the scientific method is PDCA, um, which stands for plan, do, check, adjust. And this applies to 
almost everything when it comes to like your projects, your processes, any changes you guys are implementing. Um, PDCA is it's, it's kind of comforting because again, we're not surprised when things don't work out. It's just like, that's okay. Well, what worked? We're going to do more of that. What didn't work? Let's do less of that. Let's move on. Let's stop blaming the things out of the scope of our control. It's just a good mental framework. That's going to serve even your team. It's going to set them up for success in their lives in their personal lives, because they're not going to freak out when things don't go their way. So that's kind of the benefit you're also giving them, which they can apply to other realms of their lives. So again, PDCA, let's say we're, we're building out this process. We plan. So we just went through kind of a, a mini cycle there. We planned it uh, up here. So let's go to the top. We planned it through the process scoping diagram. So here's what we think it's going to be. We've got like the 80%. And then you, you, you do, you execute. So the doing is the, you know, Sean and I were talking about the hiring and the onboarding. So we planned it. We had the conversation. We used the template. Now we're going to launch it. We're actually going to post that job in Indeed, and we're going to do it. Now, oftentimes we miss the second half of the pie, and this is where we get frustrated and we start to blame each other and throw people under the bus and we're pissed off and nothing works here and everything's not perfect. Um, but when you guys have this vocabulary in your arsenal um, and you're intentional around, okay, let's, let's actually do a check and adjust. Um, and we're doing this rapidly for a, a new truck body build we're doing right now. Because we're anticipating there to be bugs. Um, there's there's like uh, quality issues from some of our suppliers. And so if we're just expecting things to be perfect and we're not um, intentionally having a meeting where we check and adjust and we make a list of all the things that aren't working well, then we're just going to get more of the same. It's the definition of insanity. Um, so I was in Edmonton like a, a month or two ago, maybe two months. Uh, that's the first thing we did. We, you know, I, I sensed that people were, frustrated. I had to reinforce this, right? People were frustrated. You know, the, the vendor is supplying us with this stuff that's out of spec and we're having to do all this rework. Okay. So do, where is it? Where is it listed? Do we have a list of it? And are we communicating it back to them? I would have a hunch that if, if the owner of that company knew that they were shipping all of this junk to us, he wouldn't be very happy. So why don't we make a good list of this, send it to them and say, you know, how can we help you? We're going to, how can we help you guys get better? And, um, as we continue to track this stuff and you guys are getting better, we're going to still feed that back to you. And we start to get the right, um, we give them a good feedback loop. You guys are, are awesome. This is improved. This is improved. So building that check and adjust into it is, is really, really an important, uh, aspect of change management. And then you just, you, as a, as a culture, you start to, um, build this into your vocabulary and the way you do things. And, and this continuous improvement cycle is you know, look at uh, future gifts. That's, that's the best way to look at it. So when it comes to change in this program, um, and you guys are implementing a lot of the stuff that we teach, giving your team that vocabulary, um, I started uh, referring to it as upgrades. We're not changing for the sake of change. We're changing for the sake of making our tomorrows a little bit better than our today's. We're changing for the sake of, um, I, we want to eliminate any friction when it comes to you guys doing your jobs. So friction in terms of you guys have questions there, we're making some mistakes because we don't have the right information. We want to eliminate all that stuff so that it feels easy. At the end of the day, that's what we're doing this stuff for. We want it to feel easy so that we can be efficient because if we're, if we're efficient, customers are going to be happier. Uh, our reputation won't take a hit. So we're not eating crow all the time and putting ourselves in a, in a bad spot. So there's so many benefits to the change, but we have to interpret what the change represents. It's not change for change's sake. It's changed for future gifts for all of us so that we can create that, that big shared vision of ourselves and, and make it real. 
So um, reframing is either future gifts or upgrades, upgrades, future gifts. So that's kind of the terminology that we use as a team. Um, and we keep saying that's an, that's an awesome future gift. You know, when somebody comes up with an improvement idea. So rather than change, you know what I mean? Hey, Tim Uchuk here. And real quick, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, if you could take a couple quick seconds to give it a rating, it would be very much appreciated. And secondly, if you're looking for more tools and strategies on how you can crush it in life and business, just head on over to bookwithtim.com where I've put together a free case study which shows you how to unlock unprecedented freedom today by using the two power levers. Just head on over to bookwithtim.com. Until next time, wishing you success and freedom in your business. Cheers.